thank you for joining us. Let's open with a word of prayer. Father God, as we come to, to celebrate the birth of your son, Father, what an incredible, incredible thing it is. And, and honestly, I, I don't think uh, we humans really have the capacity to understand really what truly happened in this moment in history. Father, we're so grateful for it. We're grateful for the sacrifice you went on to make, the uh, ability that you've given us to, through your blood, obtain eternal life. But Father, the gravity of this moment and everything that you gave up to come here in the way in which you came, I pray that we never lose the ability to just wonder about how great of a moment that was for all of humanity. Be with us tonight as we worship. In Jesus' name we pray. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, to the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Merry Christmas to all of you. We just heard the beginning of the greatest story known to man. And as I, I mentioned on Sunday, uh, the reality for so many of us is we've heard that story so many times that it just becomes redundant, it becomes repetitive, it, it doesn't seem to carry that weight, that meaning that it should every single time we consider the events of that evening. And so tonight we're going to switch gears just a little bit. I want to read you a passage from Romans 5.8, it'll be on the screen behind me as well. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Paul could have added one word to that if he wished. Christ came and died for us. 
God loves us. He loves you. He loves you if you've been coming to church your entire life. Maybe your kids brought you to that Christmas Eve service as a baby dressed in your, your Christmas best. <laughs> he loves you if you've never heard the name of Jesus before this very night. He, he loves you no matter what's happening in your life right now in this moment. He loves you if you feel as if you're really close and connected with him and his spirit in this phase of life. He loves you even if you feel like God is distant. He loves you so much that before you ever knew him, he sent his son Jesus to this earth, the event we're celebrating this week, to save us. He chose to do it in the most curious of ways. He chose a way that didn't get any publicity, any press, not much attention at all. No huge celebration to reveal the identity of Jesus. No media coverage, no high-profile guests. Just a few shepherds from a nearby field. God sent this gift to us in a way that showed each of us how uniquely special we are to him. The gift wasn't limited to Jesus' coming, though, was it? No, there's a lot more. <laughs> through his teachings, through his parables, through his life, we're able to learn so much more about God and who he is. There's so much more than just parables and sayings, though, because ultimately the gift that he gave <laughs> was his very own life, which this verse that we just read reminds us none of us are deserving of. But see, there's a problem with that gift that God gave us. Now, there's no problem with the gift itself, no. No, the gift of Christ is absolutely perfect. It's exactly what you and I need. In fact, it's really the only thing. It's the only hope we need to have in this life. The problem is this. We get to choose whether or not we ever accept that gift. Sure, it's offered to everyone equally, but very few ever accept it. The gift in all of its perfection only has any value at all if you fully embrace and accept it. You see, it's our choice. God gave you and he gave me a gift. It was probably nothing that any of us truly asked for, but it is truly the only thing that we need. The gift of his grace, his mercy, forgiveness, and ultimately salvation. The gift of forgiveness from our mistakes called sins. All the things that we do wrong in this life, Jesus came to take those from us. And he will save us from those things if, if, what do you mean, if, pastor? There's no ifs. Grace is free. It's a free gift. Yeah, it is. But like any other gift known to man, it has to be opened. Jesus willingly gives us the gift of salvation. He saves us from our mistakes. He's prepared for us a place, a home for all eternity with him in heaven. If, if we open that gift. 
The story that we heard moments ago recalls the beginning, the origins of that gift. Many years ago, I began imagining it this way, and I probably always will. And this being our second Christmas together, I thought it would be a good year to share it with you. So here you are. <laughs> Imagine yourself waking up on Christmas morning, rushing down the stairs, doing what we all do. Even adults, do you still look to see if you have a, something what wasn't expected under the tree? I, I do. I usually hide a few things that people don't know about. You find that gift. Seems to be the neatest wrapped gift under that tree. And of course, you go to look at it because no one else is up yet, right? Open that tag. Guess what? It's yours. <laughs> well, that, of course, triggers the instant effect of everyone. Maybe you're a child, maybe you're an adult, but it's time to go wake everyone up, right? Yeah. Do any of you just sit and wait for your kids to wake up if you are the first one? Or do you just sit there long enough like, you know, I can't sit here any longer. It's time for my kids to get up. Depends on your family, I suppose. Everybody wakes up, the family gathers around the tree, then the moment comes, they begin passing out these gifts, and sure enough, you get that beautifully wrapped gift. You take it, you set it aside in your pile, if you will, your stash. You go ahead, you unwrap some other things, you get your, you know, your traditional new socks and underwear, some gift cards, some candy, some new clothes, a new phone maybe this year, who knows. That thing off the house list that you've been wanting, you've got that list you all share on your phones so you know what to get each other. Great stuff for sure. Then everyone's done. The presents are all unwrapped except for that one gift. The first one, in fact, that you actually sought out. You take it to your room. You, you set it aside because, well, you just got all these new things that you've got to go put together, play with, eat, watch, whatever the case might be. You place it neatly in the corner of the room thinking, hey, I got to do with these other things first. So as you sort through those other things, they begin to find their way to the corner of the room as well right on top of that original gift. You hurry off to go use your Amazon gift cards because I'm sure there's a great sale somewhere online today because there always is. And you begin watching that series that you just got or that new subscription to a TV service that you just got or off to the next family event maybe even. The next thing you know, that gift <laughs> that you were so excited about was buried beneath all of the rest of your life. <laughs> Clothes boxes for some of you food in your room. Then one day you happen to notice it. And the wrapping's a little torn, the bow's not quite on straight like it was before, but you recognize it. You thought about unwrapping, but hey, let's be honest, you gotta hurry off to school, to work, to the next kid's event, a meeting, a dinner, or maybe you're just plumb tired from your day. The busyness of everyday life caught up with you, so you left it there once again. A few years later, you happened to notice that gift. Actually, you didn't notice it at all. A friend came over, saw it over in the corner, and said, hey, what's that? And you said, you know, I don't know. Never took the time to open it. As a matter of fact, it's probably too late anyway. Probably don't have any use for it. Said, hey, don't worry about it. Let's go do whatever you were set out to go and do. Life passes by. I just had this conversation with a daughter this year. Two days ago, in fact, I think it was. You know, Dad, this last year went really fast. I said, you know, they all do. They all do. Over the next phase of life, maybe it was college. Maybe it was getting married. Maybe it was a new job. Maybe a new house. Maybe a, a complete and total relocation for your family. You come across that gift once again. What do you do with it? Do you take it with you onto this next phase of life? Do you just leave it? It doesn't take up too much space, but truthfully, is there any value in it at all in this world today? 
Who knows, maybe someday you'll have time to open it. Well, the years go by. College comes and go. Jobs comes and come and go. Kids come and go. One day, you're, you're cleaning the garage, and your neighbor's there helping you clean your garage like any good neighbor would do. They're looking for free stuff that you want to get rid of. Come on. And they notice that gift in the corner of the garage and ask, hey, what's, what's that? I, you know, I don't, ever, I don't even know. I don't even know why I still have it. And they begin to share with you how they remembered getting a gift just like that and, and what that gift was to them. <laughs> you thought, well, that's interesting. That, that's great for you. But you know what? Right now, this part of life, kind of busy. Really don't have time to deal with that right now. Career, kids, grandkids. I got the next event. I got the next thing to move on to. There really just isn't time to bother with that gift now. And besides, what good's it going to do you anyway in this world? Well, fast forward with me. The phase of life that uh, some of us are in <laughs> and some of us aren't looking forward to and others maybe even long for. The years go by. The kids move out. Maybe the grandkids occasionally come over. As so oftentimes happens, you're just not quite feeling right. That trip to the doctor turns into the news that no one, no one wants to hear. Yeah, it's cancer. It's terminal. What do you do? Well, as it turns out, as your health fades, you remember and find out you have a bunch of friends and family that really care about you. And they start coming around to visit people you haven't seen in a long, long time. And wouldn't you know it, some of those people stopping by brought a gift. You're like, I recognize that gift. That's so weird. It's a little smaller this time, but people just keep bringing it to me. Too sick truly to move much, too weak to open a gift on your own. They just keep coming. Many are actually begging you at this point, please open this gift that I have for you. You do begin to wonder, why Why is this so important? They begin to pile up around the room. There's no need to open them now, though. What joy could you possibly get? Life is nearing the end. Maybe someone else can use whatever it is that's inside them. But the time came, as we all knew it would, that child that so excitedly ran down the stairs that Christmas morning, huh, passed away. Ah, but you see, their story isn't quite over. Something we don't talk a lot about in the church, but probably we should. You see, physical death, the death of the body on this planet is a result of the curse placed on man in the garden. All man is destined to die and face judgment before their creator. God himself will examine a man and determine whether or not his son is to be found in him. Has this individual ever asked Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of their life? As they approached God on Judgment Day, they noticed something. They noticed God happened to be holding something. When they got closer, they noticed a gift. Beautiful gift. Beautifully wrapped gift. As they recognized it, God asked them, hey, do you recognize what this is? The response, well, yes. As a matter of fact, I, I do remember. I got that gift many, many years ago, but I never, I never opened it. 
I even remember coming across it in my room, friends pointing it out to me. I can remember leaving at home, storing it. Didn't seem as if I ever had a use for it, but now that you mention it, I do remember several people throughout my life pointing it back out to me and asking me about it. I can even remember that friend that came over to take stuff out of my garage, telling me about his gift. I guess it was probably something similar. But, but, but when I was sick, people just, just kept bringing it. They kept bringing a gift that looked just like that. <laughs> but, but I never opened them. You see, there was, there was no value for me. I, God, come on, God, I'm, I'm dying here. He began to give all the excuses for all the reasons that I never opened that gift. And God interrupted and asked a very simple question. Why? Why didn't you open that gift? You see, I've been, I've been pursuing you since you were a child. I had great plans for you, but, but you refused them. As a child, maybe the pastor at the church, maybe it was a grandparent, maybe it was a mother or a father or a sibling or a friend shared with you about my son and how he died for you and how you needed to accept this forgiveness and grace that he offered you, but you were too interested in the things of youth. You were too busy in the things of life. That was your parents' religion but you left the gift at home. As an adult, your neighbors, they shared the good news of Jesus with you time and time again. They even explained how they had come to know Christ in their life. <laughs> I didn't even give up on you as you were dying. I sent people, person after person, with that same gift, but you refused it every time. <laughs> as God finished, he was still holding that wrapped present. <laughs> Standing there at this point, even the man weeping now realized what had been done and what that most precious gift contained. And as he reached for the gift, he woke up. It's Christmas morning, a Sunday of all days, now anxious to open the greatest gift ever given to mankind. You see, of all the gifts you could open, all the paper that'll be on the floor tomorrow, Christ is the only gift you will ever accept that will last forever. You will outgrow all of the others. You will spend up all of those gift cards. You'll eat up whatever it is that's put in your path, and you'll throw away everything else in the end. But Jesus will never leave you and he will never forsake you. Now some of you here would say, but I don't know enough about God. I, I'm not sure about how to handle this information. What do I do to accept him? I don't know enough about this gift. I'm telling you right now, you know enough about Jesus and what he did for you. You must only accept this gift except his sacrifice, which began with his coming to this earth. Don't wait. This could be the greatest Christmas ever. It could be the Christmas where you pass from a guilty sinner to someone saved 
by grace as a forgiven child of God who will one day stand before God and be declared not guilty because of the gift of his son and live in his holy presence for all eternity in heaven. And so the question becomes very simple. Has there ever been a time in your life when you have made a personal decision to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If the answer is no, then you haven't unwrapped that gift yet. If the answer is yes, may the wonder of Christmas never, ever end. Because one day we will be with Christ in the wonder of his presence for all eternity, and I guarantee the wonder of Christmas will never end at that point. But you can carry it with you to this very day until God calls you to that destination. Don't let a moment slip by. Don't leave this present unwrapped. Father God, as we transition into a time where we, the family of God, to get to partake, and the sacrifice that was made for us. I pray if there's anyone that's never unwrapped that gift, that they strongly consider that tonight, that the Spirit moves within them in a way maybe it never has before and pulls them into your presence. Father, we ask that you be with us as we break this bread together, as we share this juice together. Remember your broken body. That grown baby, now a grown man stepping before to accept the punishment from me so that I could be forgiven of my sin. Father, we love you. We pray this Christmas is unique. And we pray that this wonder that we've talked about is never lost. And may we cherish this gift for all our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.